0: Previously on Wormwood, fed up with Dr. Xander Crowe's obsession and lack of concern over her own safety, Sparrow has turned her back on her boss. She knows that the Marino family has been watching her in Los Angeles. The botched exorcism has not been forgotten. Meanwhile, in Wormwood, Brent Saunders has disappeared after Crowe devised an escape from his deranged kidnapping by reminding Brent of Emily's affair with Hank Mason. Xander Crow down the dark pathways of the occult, and he was transformed. Now, chasing the vision of a dead woman, Dr. Crow finds himself in the haunted town of Wormwood, where evil lurks in the shadows and stains the souls of its inhabitants. Welcome to Wormwood. Episode 21, Parts You Don't Throw Away, written by Jeremy Rogers.
1: me again. It's 4.30 in the morning, and here I am, holding my knees to my chest and crying. The Nimrod at the free clinic yesterday took me as just another prostitute with wrecked plumbing. (laughs) That is, before he realized that he was rapidly on his way to joining the ranks of his stumped brethren in their society of invalidated doctorate degrees. It's not that time of the month, I tell him. (laughs) My condition won't be regulated with tweaks to my estrogen levels. I tell him that's what I told the previous lab coat. My new doc, Dr. Jeff, slumming all the way from Brentwood. He says not to focus on what hurts, but to pay extra attention to what feels good. (laughs) He's a perv, I think, or he's preaching the power of positive thought. He tells me to drink smoothies, Three hours in a Skid Row waiting room, and I walked away with nothing but a dog-eared copy of this secret and a punch card for a vitamin-boosted frozen yogurt drink of my choice. God, I hate Xander Crow. This is all your fault, boss. birthday. Now leave me alone, you little brat. Three years ago, I thought Xander was the bees knees. It might have been a crush, but I was stupid. Must be why I got the job. The thing you have to know about Xander is that he's a selfish, habitually distracted little twit. He's all about unraveling the mystery and pontificating its interconnections. Only to a point. Inevitably, there comes a time when every mystery loses the worth of its denouement and Xander is off, running down something new and exciting, or running away from a situation he's lost control over.
2: It was three years ago when I
1: learned this the hard way.
3: So as I was rambling on incessantly about the ghoulish things, wasting good conversation and drink, when what I should have been doing all along is focus on you. hmm? Prod for what makes you kick. (laughs) Tonight in particular.
4: Are you sure you've never seen a ghost, Dr. Xander Crow?
3: Not my trick of the trade, darling. But enough about me.
4: (laughs) Please. You're so fascinating. So much more than a silly little gal like we could ever hope to be.
3: You're cheating by stroking my ego. I want to play your game.
4: I know you do. But you're still going to have to guess everything that you want to know about me, Doctor.
3: We are going to need more spirits.
4: Mmm, how about some champagne? Something nice and expensive.
3: You're going to break my wallet.
4: Not before I break your heart, Big Daddy. <laughs>
3: you are in trouble. I'm starting to believe that you might be an actress.
4: Oh, you're starting to get it right.
3: Yes, yes. Well, that doesn't surprise me. You being an actress would explain the vintage garb. Vintage? A bad girl pin-up of the variety. The bee would have to hide beneath his mattress. Vintage. Indeed.
4: You've got me all wrong. But
3: you are an actress, no?
4: Once, but it didn't work out. I heard they still managed to get something in the can and book a theater in Wisconsin.
3: Ah, we really are playing a game. And I'm starting to not appreciate it. (laughs) Tell me your name, please, your first name. Loretta. I'll go out on a limb, in that case, and assume that your parents were in their golden years to have a child and name her Loretta.
4: <laughs> you said it. Mm. I guess I'm just one of those bygone girls, bygone but not real gone, if you catch my drift. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Loretta, see, the thing you couldn't possibly know about me is that I have an extremely keen eye for things out of the ordinary, and a detective's mind.
4: Oh, I can tell.
3: <laughs> You're baiting me once again, aren't you? Yeah.
4: You're too easy. A sucker for a pretty girl, and a lush to boot. Oh. That's the word from the bird. What
3: kind of scam is this? Because, let me warn you, that I'm far too cunning.
4: Isn't there anything else you should be doing right now, Dr. Crow? Well,
3: there's plenty I could be doing.
4: The noose of the Tallinn Man arrives in Los Angeles, buried in a bog crate, and you're not even stumbling around the port looking for... Oh,
3: Wait, I, I took care of that earlier. How would you know about
4: the noose? (laughs) God, you're such an easy distraction. But I don't have it. If
3: that's what you're... I destroyed the relic, and there will be no hatching of any diabolical fertility rituals now. You're wasting my time.
4: (laughs) You're a big tickle, Dr. Xander Crow. Stop it! (laughs) There are always repercussions. There are always other interested parties.
3: When did you die?
4: 1955. Car crashes were the hip scene after James Dean. You've
3: been lying to me all along. Why? Were you even an actress?
4: Sure I was an actress. And a better one than any of those other schlock atomic age flicks ever had. I kept you glued to me for over an hour and a half while your faithful assistant waited in a panic for you to call her back. Now, that is drowning. Tell me I'm not a commanding presence.
3: How do you... I don't... One miss... Oh, damn you!
4: We know you like girls, and now you know that you can see ghosts, Doctor.
3: I hate to break it to you, Loretta, but you're not a ghost or anything remotely as appealing. You're a reanimated porn, nothing but a tool. For what purpose, I do not know or care in my... God, I should have seen this coming before I tasted the whiskey. This
0: barrel is hot!
4: (laughs) Oh, come on, we can still have fun, Doctor. We don't gotta agitate the gravel.
2: I don't see you, Sparrow. You hurt. Why are you on the floor? Why
1: are you curled up
3: in the corner, Sparrow? Tell me what happened.
1: Where were you? Where the hell were you, Xander?
3: Sparrow, you're bleeding. It's down. Your legs. Here, give me your hand. We have to get you out of here. The the blood, Sparrow. Don't
1: touch me. You have
3: to let me help you, Sparrow.
1: Why didn't you answer my call? Why didn't you call me back? I needed you. There was something at my door. He wouldn't go away, and nothing I tried had any effect on him. (sighs) He got in. Before I could do anything, he was on me. What did he do to you? You know what he did to me, Xander. I tried everything to get him off of me. None of my tricks worked. My nails couldn't even scratch his flesh. He was like Stone This blood, it's mine. All of it. God, he got on his hands and knees and licked my blood off the floor like a dog.
2: A vampire? Why? It's not an
1: effing vampire, Xander. There was more than one crate. It wasn't really the Noose of the Tullen man they were looking for. There was something else hidden away that you didn't see. They played you like an idiot. You set it free! Sparrow, I. uh,
3: I fear this well runs deeper than I first imagined. There was. There was this girl at the bar.
1: What bar? Your bar? Is that why you didn't answer my call? I assumed
3: the case was closed. I assumed. I assumed wrong, Sparrow. I thought it was so easy and I went for a drink.
1: I told you to be careful. God, if not for yourself, then for me. Xander, I told you that I was uncomfortable with this, and you didn't listen. You didn't care about what could happen to me.
3: I underestimated- (laughs)
1: Whatever the hell he was, he lapped up what he spilled from me, and he couldn't stop laughing while he did it. He said that I'm pregnant now. Sparrow! You're not listening. You're not letting me talk. This is your fault! You never see which side is a dangerous one, and you never realize that there can be more than one threat at a time. Get
3: away from me!
1: Because it wasn't about you, Xander. And now, I'm the lucky one of us to suffer the birth of some... The
3: noose of the Tolan man being the device of sacrifice in the name of some creature of fertility. Yes, this can make sense. Xander,
1: stop it. I'm
3: sorry, look, I'm sorry. This is all my fault. I can see it now. How you were nervous, but it didn't register. You warned me, clear as day, and now look at you.
1: I said not to touch me. Sparrow.
2: Sparrow.
3: I won't let anything
2: happen to you again, Now, come on. Let me fix you.
1: It was the size of a Barbie doll, just a few hours after latching on, and not quite the precious bundle of joy being torn free from me so soon. Xander tried to hold it underwater in the bathtub, but it wouldn't drown. It chomped into Xander's special hand, and that's when the little bastard fell catatonic. Not dead, but manageable. Xander said that he would take care of it, but he never told me how. And I wonder sometimes if he really did. He told me that he would take care of me, promised that he would never put me in jeopardy again, assured me that he'd never stop looking out for me. Oh, liar. Oh, and Xander, if you're reading this notebook, it's the telltale sign that your promises are empty, that something bad has happened to me. This is your guilt trip. Hello? Hello? Is somebody there? I bolt locked it. I used the chain. I never forget to do that. Consider this my resignation, boss.
3: Love, Roger! man is watching you. He'll jump from his bones until he finds you alone. Such by my assistant, my exorcist, my exorcist, sister Sparrow, tweet, 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 goodbye, Sparrow, tweet, tweet. Sparrow,
2: Sparrow, you never call me anymore, Sparrow. Don't you find Warmwood peaceful an hour before dawn breaks? Where the bloody hell you come from?
3: Listen, my jolly good man, it's, n- it's normal. Don't sneak up on me again, I'll also have to do
2: something. Town makes so much noise with conflict that these quiet moments sure do go a long way towards meaning something. I see you
3: mysterious
2: figure in the dark shadows of an alleyway. Stay where you are, friend. I'm drunk, friend, so
3: your identity is safe with me. Discreet discretion discretion muscles. Awesome, awesome i my middle name. Unless you're badly scarred, I'll only see a blur, and then there won't be a chance in hell that I'll remember you. Don't you worry. It's my words you need to remember. Ah, unlikely. <laughs> Perhaps you can write it all in a note and tuck it away in my pocket to discover tomorrow morning over a
2: pastry and a cup of
3: coffee.
2: You are not a very good detective, friend. Ooh, well, Mr.
3: Mysterioso, it's obvious that I haven't heard about the time I... Hmm. I beg your, Pudding, it's obvious that you haven't heard about the time that I uh, lured a rather elusive cat burglar into a red-handed sting operation by replacing his trusted black dog tooth with that of a cavity-infested molar from a collie. <laughs> Take this as a warning, or a friendly reminder. Oh, how impressive you are. You can carry your shadow with you as you step from the dark into the glow of a street lamp. There's a neat little trick. If only you had a cape with you, huh? Oh. Oh.
2: Take your hands off me. Of You've come to one with chasing a vision, seeking an answer for why you had it and what it means to you. Oh, what else could I do? You've had time to make your scene, to ponder your...
3: As I know Mrs. Hutton were other lots, so I won't to you.
2: <laughs> you've been selfish too long now, friend, and you've been running in place, ignoring the realization that you were called to Wormwood, that you were sent for. You might not like what you're supposed to do, but that's just too bad. <clears throat> I don't even know what I am supposed
3: to Let go of me!
2: Save your hand of glory, friend. It won't work on me. And you shouldn't trust it as much as you do. Uh, I don't understand what you want. I want you to stop the horror. Don't let it come. Never let it out. Mm, No, I... Accept your role in something bigger than your ego. Stay focused on the end, and remember, you're here for the quiet hell, my friend.
0: So, how many busted windows are there around the inn? Just these two. Listen, Sheriff, I don't want to make a big deal out of it. Yeah, I I get it. Look, I'm not the one to tell a man not to meddle with another man's wife. But I I am the town sheriff, and... Well, Hank, you were sleeping with his dead wife. I wouldn't put it that way. I, I don't mean you slept with his dead wife, not when she was dead. I loved Emily. Nobody can tell me that I'm not entitled. Yeah, okay... But I've still got to maintain the peace around here. I get it. And don't worry. you won't have any problems from me. No, 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 Hank. I know that. But But do me a favor. Watch out that you don't find yourself in a heated situation where you forget, all right? Every time I see him, I can't help but think of the times he kept Emily away from me. We didn't have much. And I'm not about to let him ruin the last lingering bits I'm keeping up here in my head. I don't want a damn thing to do with Brent Saunders. You hear me, Tom? I won't press charges. Just keep him away from me. Well, I've got to find him first. What? Now he's out of the picture? Well, he's not right. I mean, he, he, he kidnapped Dr. Crow. And last I heard, he was squatting in one of his rental houses in Lyonsville. Not right. He was a lousy husband. Oh, come on, Hank. He was a good husband. And now his wife is dead. Look how a heart. Becoming less likely as time goes by. Thanks for stopping, Sheriff. But I've got the cleanup covered. Okay. Any word on the hunt for Julian, Callender? Nah. Did you see that junk he had in his briefcase? You know, I, I tell you, Hank, that's some pretty damn disturbing stuff. Guy like that. Would anyone miss him? Hell, I don't even know if he's dead or just gone. This occult stuff is over my head, and I don't know what to expect. I'm here if you need an assist. No, thanks, Hank. See you, Tom.
3: it not. But I've yet to find any breakfast without detour from my room down to the local diner. You see, Mr. Mason, I have quite the hangover this morning. And I was wondering...
0: I didn't hear you come in last night.
3: Morning. Hangover. Connection? Mm-hmm. Besides, once I located my hybrid, nobody's likely to hear me coming. I might have run over your town's only blind person. Now, about that breakfast. Okay. <laughs> Did someone just kidnap our innkeeper?
0: Don't want to do this. Do what? I want to talk to you, Hank. More specifically, I want you to talk. We don't need to talk. It's not. Emily used to be horrified of the quarry. She seemed okay about it, did she? Sometimes. You brought her here. How could you do that to her? She was traumatized by the quarry after what happened when she... I know what happened. Listen. I'm sorry, Brent. Sorry? Yeah. I'm sorry that Emily was your wife. But she's gone now, and there's nothing either of us can do to change that. You're right. Emily is my wife. She will always be my wife. Who are you? Who the hell do you think you were in her life? Just some guy she was screwing. I valued every minute in ways that you could never understand. You raped the sacred bond the two of us had. She was vulnerable, and you took advantage of her. She kissed me first. Stop it! And she went below the belt first. Here, actually, on the hood of my truck. Tell me why. Why did you do it? How could you knowingly want to do that to me, to anyone? I never thought much about you until I'd already fallen in love with her. It was cheap Manipulative sex Probably put her on the spiral to her death It wasn't love And then I resented you You want to hit me? Then hit me Maybe you want to pull a knife or a gun I can handle that too But come on Make your move I need to get back to town and clean up the windows you busted out of my place If I hit you Will you hit back? No Why not? Because I can process this another way. But you do whatever you have to do. Jesus. Why did you have to have her? She was mine. I needed her. She needed me. We were something together. Brent. Let her go. (coughs) No. I won't. (coughs) Emily is my wife. (coughs) Forever my wife. That's enough. Don't hit me again. I'm warning you. You can't. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Brent, oh my God. I didn't mean to. Think, think. We're far out of town. Nobody saw. Nobody saw. Crow. I didn't hear you drive up.
3: Hybrid is on the silent side, isn't it? Remember our conversation about that a little while back. Hmm?
0: He dragged me here. You saw. I saw. What did you see?
3: Nothing. It was just that moment when you threw a professional left cross the one which appeared to break Brent Saunders's neck.
0: And I pushed him into the quarry. You saw that too, didn't you, Crow? Mm, Yes. Mm. Caught that too, yes.
3: Let's talk, shall we, Mr. Mason?
0: Crow, you have to listen to me. This was an accident. I never meant to do this to him. I warned him. Let's talk. To be continued on the next episode of Wormwood. Podcast produced by Habit Forming Films, LLC, featuring the talented cast of season one regular and supporting roles Arthur Russell as Dr. Xander Crow, Sonia Barozzi as Rachel Nolan and Sparrow, Scott Olenick as Jacob Kitter, Gorley Nickars as Emily Saunders, Deidre Frost, and Margaret Roosevelt, Joe J. Thomas as Hank Mason, Phineas Tibbert. Bob Gildenstern, Mr. Bressier, and your announcer, Rob Grindlinger, as Sheriff Tom Bradley, Steve Haskell, Cedric Bloomington, and Julian Callender. Peter Dirksen, as Jimmy Details, Jonesy, and Harlan Panic, Zachary Fowkes as Charles Edison, Brent Saunders, and Reginald Bloomington. Cheyenne Besize, as Katrina Edison, Lamora Haskell, Emily Bloomington, and Sister George, Anna Maganini, as Lynette Bradley and Peggy Nolan. Andrew Ramirez as Dexter Nolan and young Cedric Bloomington. Dave Johnston as Deputy Wayne Drexel and Jonathan Kitter And Chris Blaylock as Dr. Pete Menno. Additional voices provided by the talented cast. Staff writers, Jeremiah Allen, Rob Olspaugh. Tiffany K. Whitney and Rick Beta Executive Producers David Acampo and Jeremy Rogers Original music compositions by Todd Hodges Sound effects engineered by Chris Sahakian Copyright 2007 Habit Forming Films, LLC Wormwood is a serialized podcast and cannot be distributed in part or whole outside of the podcast format without written consent from the creators For more information on the cast and writers and individual episode credits visit www.wormwoodshow.com Thank you for listening and welcome to town.
2: I want you to stop the horror. Don't let it come. Never let it out. Fuck whore!